This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 25. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm Brett Duncan. I'm hosting today, and I'm with Chris Fuller. Hello, Chris. Hey, Brett. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Welcome to a new year. Yeah, happy new year. It <laughs> is. We are now four days into 2017. Has it been everything you ever dreamed it would be? Uh, it's been four days. Yes. <laughs> good four days. It's, it's exciting, and, and all the new things happen. And, and, you know, anybody that has a pulse, you look at the 2017, and you think, man, it's a new year. It's a new opportunity. Fresh snow, if you will. We don't yeah. really have snow in Texas, but yeah. fresh snow, and, and it's time to go. That's right. Well, and it, it, great segue. It's as though you know what we're talking about, because <laughs> before we look ahead, which is very tempting, right? I've certainly been doing it. Looking ahead to 20, 2017, and we'll be talking about that even in our next episode. But we do want to take uh, a little bit of time and be strategic about looking back, right? And yes. that, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look at how to identify what to leave in 2016 and what to do about it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about this, and it's going to be extremely practical. And you might, you know, just hearing that that title alone, you might be like, yes. I was actually talking with someone yesterday, and I didn't even bring it up, but she was just telling me all the different reasons she was so happy 2016 had come and gone. <laughs> you know, and once she started telling me, I was like, yeah, I, I would, I would want to see that go too. 2016 was not a good year to be a celebrity. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. So I've heard. I don't, you know, no, uh, you're exactly right. But let's dive into this because you have three kind of main points on... Uh, what to do about this, how to identify what you should leave in 2016 and, and do that. But kind of what, before we even get into those three points, yeah. what, what's really driving you to think along these lines? You know, um, you can never embrace the future while being tethered to the past. Hmm. So uh, the, the one piece that I look at is the end time, uh, I have found that some of, the, some of the things that hold me back the most are internal things, not external things. If you get the internal right, the external can can be accomplished. So any success starts internally. Well, in that internal success mechanism, then I've got to look back at my 2016, and I've got to say what happened in 2016 uh, to, to do an evaluative. Right? We've talked about race. If you remember race, yeah. um, go back and and look at that ready action checkpoints and evolution. So the end of the year is really a, a race checkpoint. And you can never really hit that checkpoint without looking back to the previous checkpoint and doing that evaluation. So, um, you know, you really get your best lessons learned from not just looking at what you experienced, but evaluating that experience. So experience isn't the greatest teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. Well, that leads really to your first point because I struggle. I, I love everything you're saying. I struggle remembering what I did in 2016. <laughs> so, yeah, same here. So, you know, that might be a, a, some different issues in a different episode. But um, So how, that that's part of really point number one is specifically looking back and being very methodical, right? Yes. About how you look back on the year. How do you do that? How do you suggest that? Yeah, you know, some people have a better memory than I do. So they just kind of get away for a couple of days and they just think about the year. Uh, me, um, I'm a little bit more um, process oriented or I need more process. Let me say that. So, um, and I've learned a little bit of this from, from Michael Hyatt and from others along the way. Yeah. So I'm best practicing others when I say this. 
Now, for me, I print out every calendar. So I go into my uh, into my computer and I print off my calendar month by month. Yeah. And so I review month by month what happened in January. Let me look at that. Okay, what happened in February? And and really for me, I look at um, I look at it month by month. But I look at a couple of things. Number one, what what happened? Um, what did I think would happen? Mm-hmm. So I want to look at my assumptions. So what happened? What did I think would happen? What actually happened? And what did I tell myself about what happened? So those are some some key pieces around that. What happened? What did I assume or think would happen? And then uh, what what stories am I telling myself about those uh, events and occurrences? Then when you do that month by month, then if I start to look at, let's say, quarter number one of 2016. Okay, what happened and what's the story in my head around what happened? Mm So ultimately, one of the things I know is beliefs drive behaviors, but from what occurred, I start to tell myself stories and that internal belief window, that internal um, lens theory, if you will, gestalt theory, if you want to be technical about it, all that comes into um, the, the um, ultimately the movie that will be playing in my head today and tomorrow is from the segments I've recorded month by month, quarter by quarter for the past 2016 and and even decades before. So, you know, even before we dive into kind of processing, okay, here's what happened, what I want to do about it. um, I think this idea of contextualizing is huge, right? And that's what you're doing. You're putting things in context, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so for, for, for me, um, you know, uh, you cannot internalize what you don't um, contextualize. Or, let me say it a different way, if I don't contextualize what happened, I yeah. internalize the story in my own head. Yeah. So we're going to have areas where we succeeded. We're going to have areas where we failed. Welcome to life. Welcome mm-hmm. to humanity. Yeah. And so how do you fail forward? How do you fail with success? You contextualize that failure or you contextualize that event. And then you can say, this is what went right, this is what went wrong, this is what went sideways, and then you can make a plan for, for, for going forward. But, uh, you know, we, we need to internalize our successes. Man, we rocked it. But you've got to externalize or contextualize your failures. Um, so that's just a little trick that I do to make sure that I am looking at it. And the other reason, uh, Brett, that we want to contextualize it is, um, what if you succeeded and you have no idea why? Yeah. Or how right so we need to go back and contextualize our successes because otherwise so, you can't repeat it yeah, right back to that same model that we've talked about it yeah. has to be repeatable sustainable and scalable yeah so when I look at my successes I look at my failures what can I learn systemically from those what can I uh, alter in those to enhance my betterment for 2017 and I think that's you know again very practical uh, I've done this maybe to a small extent, but I, I'm definitely going to go back, I mean, month by month. But off the top of my head, I'm sitting here thinking Q2, okay? If I look back on my Q2 of 2016, yeah. um, there were a couple of, of engagements I was in that, I mean, I knew in the midst of it. I was like, man, I am just not giving this my best right now. But a lot of that was sparked contextually by... We had some family stuff going on that, I mean, just needed attention. Wasn't you mean, you mean life happens in right, the midst of business? Right, I can't happened. believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so on the one hand, I look at that 
And I'm like, okay, that was a, a, a one-off thing, right? And maybe it was. And in many ways it was, right? I was like, hey, I couldn't have done anything about that. I had to pay attention to my family. The other side of that, though, the business owner in me is like, okay, I bet life is going to happen again sometime. You know, <laughs> It is. What do I do on these supposed just coincidences and, and, and one-offs? Yeah. What do I do to actually have a system in place that still steps in? You know, even when it's something I didn't plan at all. You know, um, you know we love as business owners. Um, uh, at least it's it's engaging in the senses to uh, walk on the tightrope without a net. Mm. Um, the better yeah. method or mechanism is to build that support network in um, where we can, when life occurs, yeah. we can then um, we just understand the system support. Systems are meant to support. And if we don't have a support system, then when we need the support, it's going to fail. Yeah. And that's a key takeaway for me as well is, is understanding. You know, one of the messages in my own head for 2016 has been this. It's really hard for me to say no to opportunities. Yeah. And the problem with saying yes to every opportunity is it robs you of saying yes to the best or yes to the right. So um, I have a really hard time saying no. Anybody that needs help, I want to add value, I want to grow. That's my mission, that's my purpose, that's my passion. In the midst of that, the business model has to be repeatable, sustainable, scalable. So the more I say yes to, the more that that then impinges upon my scalability model. And so when, when I look back, if I have a hard time saying no, the message in my head is, well, I need to add value. I need to be needed. And so I need to go back and yeah. examine why do I need to be needed? Why do I need to add value? Am I saying yes? Am I being, there's, there's one thing about um, being achievement oriented, but am I achievement oriented and strategic simultaneously? That's, that's, a, that's a big piece. Not only am I checking the boxes, but am I doing it strategically? Yeah, and that really leads into the next point. So point one, look back methodically, right? Yes. I mean, really dig in, that's great. Number two, is how have your belief systems been shaped in this process, right? Absolutely. And what are you going to do about it? Yeah. So keep pushing on that. You can already started on it, but as you're looking back on what happened in 2016, now how do you check and see, okay, how's that influenced my belief systems in a positive way or a negative way? You know, so the your belief systems didn't start this year. Yeah. Your belief systems become contextualized with everything in your life up to this point, including your genetic disposition. So if you're wired a certain way, everything has happened through your life, through your childhood, through your college years, all that stuff, starts to envelop into the story that you tell yourself about your life. So um, my question is, where do the stories support and where do the stories sever? So when I'm talking about the movie, there are too many people that the movie in their head plays the villain role. And I want the movie in your head to play the hero role. So if, I need you to have a hero or a heroine in your mind, not a villain in your mind. And, and that to me is such a key piece. What message is playing in my head? Spend the time, look at it. What happened, but what am I telling myself about what happened? Why, where did that message come from and is it worthy to keep to go forward or do I need to leave that in 2016? Mm, that is good. So as you, again, just our, 
this is something too when I first kind of heard this concept I was like okay believes whatever <laughs> you know it's like I can change that but again as I grow older and so I've experienced more and family grows and all of that good stuff I mean it's unbelievable this almost seems <laughs> this seems so basic to say it's unbelievable how your beliefs shape everything that you do you know I say it over and over and over beliefs drive behaviors beliefs yeah. drive behaviors beliefs drive behaviors you operationalize what's in your head yeah and so, you know, as a, as a child, as a father, right? When your son says, I can't, I can't, Dad, I can't. And you're going, yes, you can. What are you trying to do? You're trying to move the belief window from I can't to I can. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you know I can't or I can. Um, and we put this into the Iditarod book. Whether you can, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Yeah. Why? Because you will act on what's in your head. So we need to, for 2016, determine what's in our head, what do we embrace going forward? What do we choose to leave in the year that just passed? Yeah. Well, that leads to point number three, which is um, how can we take hindsight and turn it into foresight, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so we've identified what we did in 2016. Yep. We've identified what we believe about it and how that's influenced our belief systems. Yes. So now... What do we want to do about it? Yeah. So again, my concept is called we gotta we gotta reflect so we can move hindsight to foresight. So yeah. if hindsight's twenty twenty, wouldn't we want foresight to be at least twenty thirty, twenty forty, thirty thirty something? You know, we so the only way to do that to improve your foresight is to reflect on your hindsight. And again, that comes into what lessons did I learn from that, right? And what will I do differently tomorrow? So when you do that evaluation. And, and I encourage you to do it with a journal or do it with other people around you. Hey, I'm thinking about, about this event. What did you see? What happened? You've got to consistently be able to check your hindsight against others' hindsight that may have been involved in that particular piece to make sure that you're having a 360 view on it. Mm -hmm. So I have my slice of this. You have your slice of this. So there's always four sides to every truth, mine, yours, ours, and the reality yeah none of us may ever actually get to reality but we can start to put the puzzle pieces together and say how does this make sense yeah. so foresight what happened why did it happen where were my assumptions correct and what's my tendency right yeah. so as I look back at my tendency one of the big pieces that I say around the tendency is to look at yourself and to know your your personality to know your approach um, I'm a big fan of SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I need to know my weaknesses. I need to know my tendencies. Why? Because if I know my weaknesses and I know my tendencies, or I even know my strengths, then I can understand myself better, and that can become the foresight. So I know my tendency is to overload my plate. Hindsight is that didn't always serve me well. Foresight says, let me put some systems and accountabilities in place that help me manage my tendency to over leverage my strength or to um, under, um, uh, under concern myself with my weaknesses, to ignore my blind spots. And so those are some key pieces. And we'll talk a little bit more about that maybe in another one, but self uh, assessment, really knowing yourself and the messages in your head. What do I want to keep for, for 2017? What do I would choose to leave in 2016? Why? Because it serves me best. Yeah. Does the message that you're believing right now about you serve you well or does it not? And if it doesn't serve you well, I want to encourage you, bury it in 2016 and leave it. 
Yeah. And every time it starts to try to replay itself to you for 2017, say, nope, that's a 2016 message. And just like when you start to write 2017 on your checks yeah. and you accidentally write 2016, you scratch it out and you go, nope, it's 2017. Do the same thing in your own mind, in your own belief windows. Nope, that's a 2016 message. It doesn't apply to 2017 and beyond. I like that. That's awesome. We've... Uh you know, and, and those things are going to show up very clearly as you look back on each year, right? Like there's going to be red flags popping up or, hey, this happened three or four times or yeah. whatever. That that obviously is a tendency, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, does that happen? So yeah. Points of data become patterns of data, yeah, right? There you go. So we're going from points to patterns yeah. and patterns become beliefs. So that's what I'm looking for. Nice. What happened? What's the pattern I'm seeing? And then how does that shape my beliefs? that ultimately I put together these many points into patterns that becomes the script that's the movie I tell myself over and over and over. Yeah. So you have a way of thinking about this too that I think is very helpful, and that is looking at the December 31st, 2017 version of me. Yes. What are they going to say to the January 1st, or what would they say to right. the me today? You know, I, I, this concept really kind of, um, as I was reflecting on some of my own 2016, um, this concept occurred to me. The, the, the man I am today, the, the, the person that, uh, personally and professionally, what would I have told myself January 1, 2016? Hey, Chris, you know what? I am your, the, the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> um, I'm the future you. Here's what I think you should focus on on 2016. And, and if I looked at that and even told myself, you know, now 12 years into the business, as, I'm, as I was working on a particular piece, you know, I'm approaching a thousand events, you know, easily 30, 40,000 people have attended my events. And so as, I, as now I have a decade, 12 years into full-time speaking um, and consulting, uh, you know, there's some hindsights that I would have. And, and I would tell myself, it's okay to sow the seeds of process. That the harvest today isn't sown today. The harvest of today is sown a year ago. The harvest of today is sown. And so when you don't neglect the compound interest of purposeful process. Um, so what if you look back at your life, what would the December 31st you tell last year's January 1st you. Mm -hmm. And that's a great place to look at some of those lessons learned and be able to um, have that conversation with self and others that ultimately will make you the best you that you can be for 2017. Yeah, that's such a great, uh, it brings about a, a level of clarity that might not come any other way, right? Because it's very, very concrete, right? Yes. I can, I feel that, right? I feel the, I feel the me that was on December 31st telling the January 1st version of me last year, man, this is what you ought to do. <laughs> you know, why don't you just do it? Or yeah. you've been wanting to do this for a long time, and here's what's going to get in your way, and here's how you got to get past it. You know, I found that there's there's a lot of times where I'm hoping, mm -hmm. and my December 31st me would tell me, continue to hope, continue to believe, but don't neglect the systemic process. Don't neglect the, the compounding interest, the daily habits. Success is a process, success is a habit. So focus more on the habits of success mm -hmm. and, and you know, don't, don't lose the hope of success, but let's focus it more on the delineated habits of success. Success is in the dailies. Awesome. Well, that's it. So now we know 
how do we figure out what to leave in 2016? I hope even as you've been listening to this, a couple of things have come to mind for you. Uh, and you're ready to leave them there where they belong, right? Scratch Absolutely. that 2016 out and put in 2017. Uh, go through these steps. I really encourage you to do that. Uh, it's one thing to listen to it and know that it's a good idea to do it, but it's the people who actually do it that will get the most out of it. I encourage you to do that. Set aside some time. Uh, if you need to print it out, if you need to look on your computer, whatever you need to do, look back on the year. I promise you there's a lot that you can't remember uh, <laughs> that you did. Uh, and it's worth remembering for, for one reason or the other. So do that. We also ask you to go to influenceleadership.com, which has recently been, the it's a new design. New design. Which is awesome. And so there's lots of stuff for you to check out there, all the resources that are related to Chris and the work that he does. Uh, but there's one special thing now that's available, right? Tell them about there this. There is. Well, so I'm always uh, giving these quippy one-liners, uh, my fullerisms. And so if you leave your information on influenceleadership.com, um, there'll be a splash that comes up. So when you go to influenceleadership.com, if you haven't been there before, it's going to ask for your input. If you sign up for our um, newsletter, essentially, um, what we will do is we will send you my top 151 fullerisms. And you'll have that printout to be able to impress your friends with the quippy one-liners for 2017. And uh, and that's my give back to you for staying in touch with us. Awesome. Who knows? You know, we just did uh, with some friends some, uh, some fun... Uh uh, you know, charades games and stuff like that. Maybe you get to know those so well with your friends that by the end of the year you can do charades with fullerisms. That'd be <laughs> oh, awesome, that's right? Huh? Yeah, that's yeah. Fun. No, excellent. Go download that. That'll be, uh, Chris is quite known for his fullerisms. They are great things to keep in mind. We thank you for joining us today. Our next episode, we're going to kind of, uh, with 2016 behind us, Chris has a theme for the year for himself. He's going to share some insights behind that, knowing that. Um, many of us who are listening will also get quite a bit out of it and probably have similar themes for ourselves for 2017. So make sure you join us on the next episode of the Influence Leadership Podcast. Mm-hmm.